I am unashamed. What about you? So welcome to Unashamed Podcast. We are uh, we're back, back at the lair. Uh, they're cleaning up outside. <laughs> And oh. Dad was like, Dad's lying to. So Dan was cleaning first because you got to understand. There's a there's a wave of mud that no. comes into this. That doesn't even do it justice. So. <laughs> uh, I thought we had shared this before on the podcast. I don't think we've ever talked about the cleaning up. And oh, we, ha- we hadn't talked. I don't about think that. so. I don't know of what happens Daddy, after duck season. Get her crack step. This is what happens. Welcome to my life because my wife is constantly reminding me that I've either told that story before <laughs> or I haven't. You know, it's like a no-win situation. But because uh, I can't remember because when you talk a lot, this is what happens. Yeah. But just to just to kind of try to get a well, Maddie's with us. She said, I don't think we've covered this. We have not covered this. I didn't think so. Oh, you were right. Yeah. So what happens is we hunt – Pretty much for sixty days. We we have we are we're at an age. Well, it begins actually during teal season, the 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 yeah, beginnings right. of it. So it actually spreads out over like three or four months. So that's sixteen days of teal season, sixty days of duck season. So that's seventy six days. But in between the two is a two month window, by which people are scouting, moving, yeah. and and deer hunting. So too. where we're where the studio is located, we call this the lair. And it's basically a place that houses all the wheelers, mm-hmm. uh, various ATVs, amphibious, amphibious vehicles. Somebody's working out there. <laughs> Somebody's out there now. One. I think they're cleaning. Uh, there's like ice machines and uh, what? Just just decoys, gear, gear, waders, waders, lockers decoys. with the, our hunting stuff in it. But I would say this year more than any other year. The, a layer of dirt. It started off as mud, formed yeah. on the floor, and it just kept getting higher and higher and higher to the point to where I, I would, I try to wear the equivalent of flip flops before I put my waders on because I don't want my feet to sweat. To sweat. I talked. I did talk about. You did that. talk about that. But what happened was. It got so dirt filled here that I couldn't wear them because by the time I got to my waders, my feet were either dirty or yeah moist from just, you step in a mud mud pit. But it's on it's the floor. I've had to clean my shoes on several occasions just walking through there to get to here. Yeah, so and I would say how big I don't know what the square footage out there is. Here's the here's the situation. <laughs> Vehicles, little four wheelers. Side by sides. Side by sides. Yep. We go to the woods. It rains. We're throwing mud up on behind us. On us. us. On both sides of us. We taking that, coming back out of the woods and pulling to a like a large barn. It's almost like a silo. A lot of equipment and yeah. a lot of stuff that's in it, there. It's a strange building. It has a concrete floor, but from we're, space. We're, we're hauling it in from the woods that we yeah. build duck blinds. It's it's we, it's we a mud hole. Yeah. Well, you pull a mud hole, go, go through it with a four-wheeler, <laughs> and pull in here. Yeah. It just leaves a trail of mud. Yep. The yes. mud dries out. Yep. Now you got like dust and dirt, yeah, everywhere. But, if you're just but it's through it. several inches thick at its peak. Yep. And from space, this place looks like a mini superdome. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It's like a dome. It's just a rounded, like I'm a silo. Of, uh, getting to, at the bottom on both sides of this this contraption contraption here. On both sides, have a a thing that will suck up on both sides. It'll suck up in in here this apparatus, and we put on both sides of the barn like right here. Here's the the way it looks. Breaking news. Breaking news. And right here, we've got a layer of like vacuum cleaners or what? Are you oh, like about? a. We put it up like a like a, a vacuum system. You see them all the time. We yeah. got them. We got heat coming into this building. It's heated, so you say if we could get 
a suction going where both ends <laughs> goes out over here, one over here and one back over there. It's, it's going. I like it. I it's, like it's blowing the mud out that we're doing. It, yeah, it, it just you could just sweep it over to that. It, so no, it no, no. Wait a minute, Al. Because well. I think Phil's analysis depicts what I was trying to accomplish in saying this is beyond <laughs> the floor's dirty. It, it's way beyond that, and I think Phil's assessment. What however, you're saying is we have moved Earth, yeah, into this building. However, you're not going to realize from the tone of Phil's voice during this conversation because you think he was thinking like we all were. <laughs> Somebody ought to clean this up, <laughs> and it's not us, <laughs> which is embarrassing. It is. So Jay Stone and Dan, they they go tackle the beast. And look, they've been on it for days. Yeah. And they've done and, a remarkable job. Well, they did, but Phil's first impression, like it or not, Phil, you got to own it. <laughs> Phil walked in after they had moved, I would say, four-fifths of the dirt. And Phil said, that's a waste of time. (laughs) (laughs) Because Jay called me immediately (laughs) and said, I've been out here working all day cleaning up y'all's mess. I said, well, you contributed that. Yeah, you were part of that. And he said, Phil's first response was, well, that's a waste of time. <laughs> All the four-wheelers coming in and out, if you go through that gate, the, the door, yeah, you get the door, you, you haul in a load of dirt. Right. And then I'm saying, unless we could come up with a device on both sides that's sucking air. Right. Well, we came up with two devices, Phil, Dan and Jay. Yeah, that was our two. They they're the two devices. So you either have to hire two men that works all the time to get the dirt. Because your point is, it's going to be ongoing every time somebody goes to the land. I get it. It hurt his feelings. You walk out the door, you flip a switch, and both of those, uh, uh, they're they're like somebody who's listening is going to send us the blueprints for your plan. I can guarantee you that. Some some who have conquered it. At yeah. this stage of your maturity in life, Phil, we can have a little intervention. So what happened was that hurt Jay's feelings because he thought, it's like when I was a kid, used to be a master at this, I would go do something like haul the nets and clean them or yeah. whatever, and you'd say, boy, you're you're the greatest net cleaner of yeah. all time. Greatest trap baiter. Well, I thought, whatever. man, I feel special. But I realized <laughs> you were bragging on me, so I keep doing it. <laughs> but... So Jay got his feelings hurt because you just said he wasted his time. <laughs> I didn't. It wasn't a waste of time, but it, either you have to do something before you pull the mud. I see your point now. I, I didn't get it either. Well, day. he didn't get your point because what you were saying was those, that gate over there. If there's a system, yeah, I got you. Most of the time, they're at the ceiling. But this one will be down on the bottom. People have those in their houses. So did, so did you like, not mean under the cabinet. when he cleaned it that that was a waste of time? Because that's what he took it as. Yeah, yeah. In other words, the thing about it is if you just go around there and you clean it all up and get, get rid of You're it. You're saying we got to do something bigger than just a well, once a year clean. Get cleaning. rid of it. I get it. It needs to yeah. be up. I'm with you. And there's some of them that figured it out. It's, it's going down both sides on the floor, and it's pulling air. It doesn't do anything but pull air. Got some fans down there. It, it's pulling air. And then it's going right down the wall, right out there. It'll go right down the wall. And it's just on both sides. It's, it's, it's about like this. I got you. So my, so this all started, as you said, you don't know We're going to pull it out with, with – but no, I like it. I like it. I, it's a, it's thinking ahead. But this is how misunderstanding. I get it. Now, I get it now. Because Jay never got past you saying waste of time. He's looking like, I just spent eight hours on this, and you're saying that I wasted my and time. we go over there and bail out a boat over there out there in the woods, come and then back bring it hauling back. mud with us. It's, yeah, but it hurt so his feelings. Dad meant bigger is a waste of time because we need something bigger. Jay took that as saying, you're an idiot. What yeah, because see, what happened was I told Missy, well, I actually just had Jay on speakerphone when he was going through the, you know, well, your dad. I, I always know that he's mad when he's like, your dad, <laughs> not his whatever he would be. His grandfather-in-law. Grandfather-in-law. Your dad, 
you know, I was out there working all day, and he's like, waste of time, <laughs> time waster. <And> so he, <laughs> Here comes a vehicle that's got it's covered with mud on the tires. I get it. <laughs> Either get rid of them before you get in here or keep on shoveling, boys. So, Chase, this all started. I'll tell you how it started. So I've been waiting for season to be over because all, a lot of that mud and dirt have come in here. And so, yeah, like, it's, it's dust everywhere. We got equipment in here. Maddie's in here You're having to live in this filth. It's embarrassing for guests. Dan and, and uh, uh, Stone. Stone, for what they're doing, all they're doing, they're, they're helping out. The oh, situation. it's looking great. So but we have to come up with a system whereby you just pull a switch up and it pulls the dust and suck stuff it out along both both edges yep and then the, the it's just blowing it's just blowing it out dust whatever's there blowing it out sucking I'm, it blowing it out i'm sure somebody that's listening has a plan for that so let us know because we've we've given you the, the somebody email told address. me that a guy about you know a hunter that hunts and all that he's done his that way so maddie put that address up so i can give it to him or you can put it on the podcast we need an air but this started jace because we had megan coming in and a couple of ladies with her, and I knew they were coming. And I just thought, man, I, it looks so bad in here. I was embarrassed. I thought, but I thought, you know, it's just well, the way it is. I told them, I said, look, if you would have contacted me, I would have told you to wear rubber boots. <laughs> but then I would have had to explain that because you would have said, well, isn't this inside? In, inside. <laughs> the studio? Well, yes. <laughs> But inside, it's about six inches deep of dirt and mud. Right. And yep. just because they were, they had their, you know how women wear their little shoes. Oh, yeah. They were they were dressed nice. And because they thought, One oh. option is to make a rack that's about a foot. You just come up on it. Before you drive through here, drive into the building. There's a rack out there on the right or left. Have like a car wash deal where you car drive wash. through it? And they, they just pull up on it, and you blow all the mud off all of, around. Just walk around it. Have a hose. It's got, it's got pressure on it. Why not just it. build a car wash? This sounds like a Duck Dynasty episode. <laughs> yeah. This is build. exactly how every episode got its birth. Why not just pull up into a car wash before you enter the building? It'd be up to you, <laughs> me, and Willie. Willie. Who's gonna finance it? Yeah, that's now you. Now you're getting down there where rubber meets the road. <laughs> How about where dirt meets the layer? Everywhere where water the meets the mud. It's a rack. It's off the ground. You're out of the mud. You're blowing it all off. It's concrete what, all the way. The what I hear Dad land. say it is he's the idea man. <laughs> he's looking for the investors. Yeah, but you said it. water hose. I actually had the car wash. <laughs> Because, Phil, you're saying it's a waste of time. Well, if I have to go get a water hose every time, is that not still wasting time? I mean, I don't want to be standing there with a water hose. No, because (laughs) you're seeing mud come off the vehicle on the outside. Like a power washer. Once you get power washer. There you go. Now now you can blow it out there on the side. You're saving some time because a a power washer is better than a broom is what you're saying. That's right. Oh so I have a segue into this. Hang on, well, let's take a break because <laughs> we we've talked until the first break. So let's take a break. So we talk about a lot about the blind, uh, the, our movie. Uh, it's about our family, and obviously, you know from that movie that um, mom found out she was pregnant as a teenager with me, and you know, even in 1964. Uh, she faced a choice, you know, because she was not married. You guys weren't married. And so she had to make a decision. And she always told me that she had talked to her grandmother and she was like, look, no matter what, I'm going to have this baby. And no matter what happens with me and Phil, I'm going to raise this baby. And so throughout my whole life, I've been appreciative of my mom for choosing life. Yeah, I think, you know, the argument is, well, some of these people that are in tough situations and it wouldn't it be better if they just didn't even – wouldn't it be better if they were never born? And, you know, we have a Nicaraguan daughter that we acquired, orphan girl, raised in the slums, third world country. And when we met her as a teenager, we went from trying to inspire and encourage her to her 
inspiring us more than we could have ever known. Now she's college educated. She lives in America. She's working at a large firm. She's just a special person. It shows you that all lives are special. Very much so. And they begin in that womb. Uh, did you know that a baby's heartbeat begins to beat at three weeks? Um, and it's really their only defense in the womb. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on an ultrasound. And that's where preborn, and that's our sponsor, steps in. Rescuing 200 babies every day from abortion simply by providing a mother with a free ultrasound, allowing her to hear her child's heartbeat and see their perfectly formed body in the womb. By six weeks, eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her thumb. Preborn needs our help to be able to save these precious souls this Valentine's week. You can share these heartbeats. So for just $28, you can be the difference between life or death of a baby. If you become a monthly sponsor, you'll receive stories and ultrasound pictures of the lives that you help rescue. All gifts are tax deductible, and 100% of your gift goes towards saving babies. To donate, just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Or you can donate securely at preborn.com slash unashamed. That's preborn.com slash unashamed. The segue is uh, my lovely wife is is coming to a podcast near you. Yeah, in a few excited. Times, so we we just Chase, can you think of anything that will solve the problem about you hauling in dirt? Because <laughs> if you're going through the mud for miles and you come back, mud's up on your tires. What's the easiest way to blow that off? Keep I, li- that- I, I like the car wash idea. Yeah. Can we not figure this out sure in the, in the world it. of AI? and? We ought to be able to figure out how to get keep mud out of our podcast studio. Redneck. Once again, I don't know that any other podcast in America is having this discussion on how to keep mud out of their podcast studio. The but concept true. of how do I – I've seen it. I've been worked around people for – the last 50 years, the, 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 the question, how do I keep where we're launching from, how do I keep from getting muddy? Yep. You, we know where the mud's coming from. Yep. We go to the woods, four vehicles, four-wheel drive, mud's all up under them. We're slinging mud going. It, That's everywhere. It's just part of the situation here. Right. So. We're we're going to get the bud and we're going to bring it up here. Yeah, because to get in and get out, you got to. Because y'all function in mud, that's what you yeah. do. So we got to right. answer the age old question: How do you keep from being muddy? Because <laughs> we fought it my entire life. <laughs> I think the fight's going to go on. So what were you going to say about your wife? My segue was that. Uh, so Missy heard this conversation with Jay. And, you know, she gave her famous line when I hung up, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so, because she sympathized with Jay. She's like, he's been working all day, you know. Yeah. You, the better way to handle that would have been, thank you for cleaning all our mud out. Now, let's come up with a system that will, will help. But we at Robertson's, we, we tend to not do that. You know, the man did just spend hours yeah. cleaning up our mess. So that was very nice of him. So she had that in her in her mind for the segue that I'm giving you here. So, you know, she's one of these conspiracy theorists about the Super Bowl. Now I realize yeah. this is going to be released a few days from now, but but not too many, right? It's, this is coming out this week, so yeah. So we watched the Super Bowl last night. I have to say, was it not the best Super Bowl game ever? I mean, I've watched almost far all. Far none. I mean, it was an well. Other than the the uh, now the halftime show was, I was I, I, you, you weren't pitiful. a big Usher what, fan. What happened? That was pitiful. <laughs> well, I didn't know who Usher was. I mean, look, I, I'm going to say this. This is embarrassing, but I'm going to say it because you got to learn to laugh at yourself. I actually asked my wife. I said, "They have an Usher <laughs> doing the." <laughs> They got a laugh. Yeah, Maddie laughed on that. <laughs> and Missy said, "Yeah." And so the guys like midway through the uh, whatever that was, 
And he like rips his shirt off. Yeah. And I was like, well, let me tell you, that usher's been working out. <laughs> Highlight of the of the middle of the a football game. Every time they would roll out a new person, I would have to ask my kids and grandkids, who, who is that? Well, they knew who they all were. Then this one came out. They didn't know who it was. And I said, is that is that little, little, little something? Because I knew there was a little John or little Wayne or somebody. And then we couldn't figure it out. So I just called him Little Pants. You know, he had on pants that went down. They were like cankles. I really so wasn't I really noticing. I, I tried to watch it and I couldn't watch it. So, uh, but, so anyway, well, the part, and the other part I didn't like, because you had this, this Taylor Swift drama going on. Well, that's yeah, that's been the whole season. Well, and and the, every woman, which we did a podcast a few weeks ago, where you know I said I have very few women in my life, but then we named about eight. You know, I, 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 I'm family and people I work with. They all, for some reason, thought this was all a conspiracy because of just money and because she's brought about a third of a billion dollars, according to some marketing company worth of market brand to the NFL. So everybody's saying, oh, well, they got to keep her going. So that's been the conspiracy theory. So, you know, it's interesting before you say what you're about to say. I was listening on the way out here today. The big thing today all over social media is that the Swifties think they're encouraging Taylor to break up with Kelsey because of him bumping into the coach because he was they got into a little he was, was terrible yeah it was awful terrible. so they're saying break up with him he's not worth it but I so just Missy, so you know that's the only when when he did that that just showed you the pressure that the what do they call the swifties yeah the swifties had put on this fella and i felt for him you know but he's like i'm you're not even playing me half half the plays <laughs> you know put me in the game here coach so I get it, but he just exploded, which was not a good look for him. But he almost you know, we knocked all made him down. He, yeah. Did you see it, Dad? Yeah, I saw it. He almost knocked his coach down. So you want him, you want him operating we, at a razor's edge. That's right. That's right. Because there's it, a thin line right up to the point of being crazy. But they <laughs> did remember after all the smoke cleared, they won. Wow, that's well, right. And they started throwing in the ball. I mean, the dude's a freak athlete. Give yeah. him credit where it's due. That dude's a oh, he's amazing. Beast. So after the game, we watched the game, and uh, Missy's first line, because what happened was she she began to pull for the 49ers because she's just like, she believes this conspiracy. Yeah, so now she's like, and, I don't want them to win. Yeah, yeah. And, and I didn't care who won, but. I didn't either. But the more she got excited, then I found myself pulling, pulling for, for the 49ers because now I felt like we, we have to go against all the powers that are trying to design this. I you put know? a $10 bet on your mother. Did you really? I turned around there. I said, I don't think Mahomes and the boys can pull it off. Oh, boy. I said, I hate to bet against them, but I, I just I, I just can't see this working out for them. And mom, who and loves Mahomes. I will Mahone. bet you $10 that, that they'll, they, they can't pull it off. She said, "You gotta, you gotta bet." <laughs> really? I'm betting you ten dollars. They will come back. So, <laughs> and old Mahomes will pull in the, pull it off again. When I walked in this morning with the, some Chick Fil A for mom and dad, mom said, "I won ten dollars last night." I said, "Who'd you win it from?" Your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, this, this. I said he bet against Mahomes, and she said, "Yep." And I knew my man would come through. That's what she said. But the last part of the game, you know, there's hide and all that. And he gets out there, and he completes eight out of eight on a run. He on had the final to do drive. The, the, the other team was ahead of him by, by you know one, one, one little group of and, and the game itself was probably the best Super Bowl game ever. So to end this nonsensical story, really the conspiracy, I, I didn't believe in it because when you when you get it all down to what happened. The 49ers lost because of an extra point. That's right. That's now, exactly. I get it. That changes everything. Because right. we don't know how it would have been to that. Still, it would have been 17-16. They probably would have won. And so Missy's final words, just to put a bow on this conversation, <laughs> as soon as the game is over, because she's now been pulling for the 49ers, she said, well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> 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 Perfect tie-in to the other conversation, Jason. I said four and a half hours. She's like, 
<laughs> we just wasted four and a half hours. Oh, man. Said, well, now what? She said, I'm going to bed. I will have to admit, it was a long <laughs> That's funny. Super Bowl. It was long, yeah, with the overtime, because it went a whole extra period. Well, Missy's going to be on this week, so I'm going to ask her about it. Before we go, uh, before we take another break and go to our text, got a couple of appearances. Actually, the first one is today, the day this is dropping, uh, which is 2.15, 6 o'clock in Florence, South Carolina. So if you happen to live in that area and you're hearing this today, it's tonight, so you got to look quick. Uh, choicetomake.org is where you go to look for it. It's a pregnancy center there. It's at the uh, SIMT building. And then this weekend, Lisa and I are going to be in Coweta, Oklahoma for a marriage event. And that's uh, Community Baptist Coweta. Ba- uh, communitybaptist.org is the website. Every time I go somewhere, just now, because uh, that's why I've been mentioning on the podcast, if it's not sold out, I mention it. Uh, is that I run into people who listen to the podcast and they hear it on here and they get to come and meet me yeah. and Lisa. So it's pretty awesome. So anyway, it's so I, I did an event Saturday night, which is two nights ago, but we'll talk about it with Missy yeah. and I. Yeah. And we'll do that. One and I have one the day after yours, but I think it's probably full, sold out. Yeah. Full, so. yeah. Some of ours are selling out too. Let's take a break. All right. Welcome back. Um, so we're we're in Luke twenty four. We don't have Zach today, by the way. We heard he was in a conference with someone. So I don't know what that. What would that mean? Yeah, I don't know. He's in He's deep conferring. conferring. He's conferring. And so. I hate it because I wanted to get into some deep water about this this passage. Well, you just right do it the... anyway, and then we'll find out later from him how deep it was. Well, I mean, we're in Luke twenty four. And and to me, we've been on the road to Emmaus. Well, but just overall, we're here at. I mean, how I can't think of a word descriptive enough. That I mean, this is the heart of what we believe here. This right. is the the experience. It's not where where like the New Testament from Acts on. They're talking about what just happened here. We're here. Right. Jesus dies is buried and is resurrected. And then, you know, in Luke 24 specifically, you're seeing these glimpses of his resurrected body. And really what's been the most profound is when you look at some of these phrases in here, you know, when he says in verse 39, touch me and see a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Right. Because there's a big, huge belief in the religious world that the resurrection is just a spiritual thing. Yep. And so I think, personally, they're confused with what happens when you die before we're resurrected. But to me, it's a no-brainer. You read 1 Corinthians 15, you know, Romans 8. First uh, John three. I mean, there's going to be, or Philippians three also. There's going to be a resurrected body that we live in. I thought about this watching the game last night. Normally, I don't pay attention to commercials because that's usually when I'm going to see something else, a game or something else. So, but with the Super Bowl, you tend to stay tuned because they have like funny and big actors and all the commercials. So CBS must have a show. I've never noticed it before. They must have a show that's about ghosts because that's the name of the show. Did you notice that? Did you see in the promos? I did not see that. There were promos, and it was about this show they have on, I guess, on their network that's about ghosts. Well, it's because we didn't watch it. You you could what we found out last night is you can watch the Super Bowl on various. Oh yeah. uh, Well, we didn't. We watched it on. You didn't watch it on CBS. You watched it. We watched it on something, only because the picture was better. Okay. So anyway, this this show's about ghosts, and so it got me thinking about where we are. To what to your point, Chase? And what struck me was I was like, even now, people are infatuated with the idea of ghosts. You know, so it hit me in this text. If they were talking about this two thousand years ago, when they saw Jesus because they weren't sure whether he was alive or what you know what's going on is he really back all this but the idea that they accepted ghosts even back then makes me wonder you know how long has humanity been wondering about can people come back in some sort of form 
where they don't quite leave or whatever. Now, Joe Beam talks about it in his book. We, we had Joe on last year or a couple of years ago um, talking about the spirit world and ghosts and all these different things about what you can be or not be. And that was Seeing the Unseen, the name of his book. But I was just, it intrigued me, Jace, because I was thinking people have been infatuated with the spiritual realm and the idea of where we go and can people hang around and is there a way to communicate? And we talked about this in, I think, the last podcast or one of the last two about the witch at Endor when she summons up Samuel and he comes back and has a conversation with Saul. So there, there is a lot going on. And, of course, Jesus is back. I mean, this is not a question of him. But there's been a lot going on in the spirit realm and the back and forth and are ghosts real and what do they do and what do they look like? I mean, there's a lot going on here in this conversation. Well, and their their response was in verse 37, they were startled and frightened thinking they saw a ghost. Now, he just shows up. Well, it says while they were still talking about this in, in 2436, mm-hmm. Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. But if you read... Which is almost like he said, whoa, 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 like settle down because you it, you know there had to have been an uproar if he just like all of a sudden he walks through that door and the door's still locked. I think one critical thing about all this, in Mark chapter 2, a few days later when Jesus entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to him. So he's drawing this crowd. Some men came bringing in a paralytic, carried by four of them. They got to where Jesus was. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And after digging through it, lowered uh, the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, He said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there, the religious people, thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Now, now, of all the things Jesus could have done, he did this. Who can forgive you? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And this man is talking about removing sin. What do you think he is? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralytic. Your sins are forgiven or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. If I can get a, get a, that paralytic and raise him up where he can walk away from here, which is more powerful? I'll remove his sin or I'll, I'll give him eternal life. But that that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth. And this is the whole thing, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that task of Jesus showing them. Authority on earth to forgive sin. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. I can, I can do these things. I mean, it's what he's saying. He got up took his mat, and walked out in full view of of all of them. This amazed everyone, and here's the whole teaching in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. So that's what Jesus is dealing with from the start to the end to this day and age right now, you say 2,024 years since Jesus showed up, the task is, you ever seen anything like this? You have the, you have, we have the word, we can read it. Why would it be so difficult to say God showed up in flesh and he's out to save all of us if we want it? So the supernatural, what you're saying, invades the natural. That's right. Let's, let's take a break. In John's version of this same story in verse 19 of chapter 20, it says, On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together, with the doors locked, 
Yeah. Yep. For fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. So he adds that from that Luke had described. He just adds that one little phrase. The doors, the doors were locked. And it makes you realize, you know, they think, is this a ghost? And then he's like, look at my hands and my feet. But in that moment, and I think I've shared this before somewhere, when you think, well, why was the stone rolled away? Because in our minds, we think, oh, well, the stone was rolled away to let Jesus out. Yeah. He didn't need the stone no. rolled away because he just came through a, a, a door, I mean, a, you know, without opening it. The, the doors was lo- were locked. The, the so, stone was not going to keep him in the tomb. No. So the stone was rolled away not to let Jesus out, but to let people in. And then you, you yeah. see the encounter. You remember when Peter, he saw those strips of linen lying by themselves, and he started wondering to himself what had happened. <laughs> or even but, the women on their way, and they said to each other, oh, how are we going to get to his body because there's a stone there? So that's a sermon for you, yeah. If you want it, I mean, and it's a good one. It's a good one. It's it's not to let him out; it's to let us in. Yeah. And I do think that there's a spiritual application there, but so that that's one. But I think also you got to remember after this happened, the resurrection became the primary theme, not to diminish the cross. But I said this on the last podcast in the book of Acts. And it still is met with the same response, this, this idea of, well, I'll believe that a ghost can go to heaven, but not a new body. And, and how does this body, how did it go through the wall? Well, how did it come back from the dead? That's why I'm making the point about the stone being rolled away. I mean, was that for us or for him? I mean, if you, you can come back from the dead, you can go through a wall or a rock. Yeah. That's why I'm not there sure is how. Ab- absolutely no difference between the non-believers of that day. There, there is absolutely the exact same things that they say, we're counting time by who? You say, you're counting time by Jesus. It's 2040. 2040. It's since he showed up. They're making the same arguments all the ones did in this book right here. Same arguments. I mean, he's trying to, what did he get to God appeared? He's going to, in flesh? I mean, no, it ain't not going to happen. I mean, if you talk to the people of this day, they would be just exactly like these that we sure. read about. Well, they already are. I mean, some of them are saying it never happened. Well, it, happened. that reminds you, you know. That- that reminds me they of They count the, time by him, but won't admit that he ever existed. <laughs> right. I mean. It reminds me of the illustration on, on what people use who are believers. Because, you know, they don't know for sure where Jesus was buried. You would think, and, and people who don't believe have used that as an argument. They're like, well, if it was that big a deal, why wouldn't they have made that place sacred more? Mm-hmm. And, and and to their uh, fault, they're doing that because when you think about it, it's actually a stronger evidence that he came back from the dead. And I heard this illustration from some woman. I can't remember who it was. But they said it's like, you know, I hate to even put this in your mind, but just, let's just say you lose a loved one and you you think how people deal with that and the grief of that. Well, when they're alive, I mean, let's just say it's a kid. Well, the parents, they didn't go to this kid's room while he was alive and say, boy, this room, you know, this smell of this room, or yep. the little toys. Well, that only happened after he died. Then all of a sudden, a lot of people, they won't even touch that room. Right, it's a link to the it, person. It's a lost. link to the person because they're gone. And that's what made it, that way. Well, the reason I believe, and, and based on this illustration, which I, I agree with, that the Christ, early Christians lost the grave, it's because they had him. <laughs> he wasn't gone. Yeah, somebody else went in that grave. 
Yeah, that that that's why we're not over there. So when you see people, you know, do that, e- e- even when I I went over to Israel and and they had, you know, for twenty dollars they'll tell you where they think he was buried, and and you can go participate in that. Mm-hmm. And I did. I paid my twenty dollars, but you basically it's it's not a uh, it's not a box like like yeah. what we think. Right. It, it's under it's an underground cave with a, but it looks like a little room. You go down in on a little room that they've chiseled out of the rock because he says here in Luke 24, touch me and see. But he seems to say the opposite to Mary. Remember when she hugged him? Right. And he was like let go of me. I mean, he didn't say "Don't touch me," but he was like, "I, I got to go to the right hand." Yeah, the Greek phrase there is that she was holding on to him, like she was like, "I got you now. <laughs> You're not going anywhere." Was kind of the idea. Hang on, Jess. Let's take our last break. But I believe the point is with Mary. I mean, I, I've used that same, you know, same point of attack there, talking about what the Greek was saying, but I, I do think there's something to the fact that he was saying, I'm not going to die again. Right. I, I'm, I'm here. There's no, Oh, you know, never leave me again. No, I'm never going to leave you. Right. Don't, we don't have to have this big moment and I, I'm here. This, this is to the illustration that I share, which is and, and to that illustration, Jace, you're so right. Because when I went out and saw the Reagan library in California, and it's so well done. I mean, it's just, just you just walk through Reagan's life, you know. And I was this first president I ever voted for, so I loved Ronald Reagan. But they, if they, they set it up where the last thing before you go outside, where his tomb is, you know, as well as now his wife's, before you go out there, you know, he's reading his last letter he wrote before he, you know, before Alzheimer's took over. And so you're already kind of weepy, you know, and sad, and you walk out there, and there's his grave where they buried him, and this is a place of like, because you know this is where they put him. And so you're linking it to this man you respected, you know, he's a good president, whatever. But the idea is that he's in, he's down there. I mean, his body was put in there, and you only have that as a memorial. But to Jason's point, he's exactly right. When, when if Reagan had come back from the dead, we wouldn't be out in Simi Valley or wherever it is, visiting his tomb because the tomb wouldn't mean anything. Exactly. And what I wanted to read here is because, you know, everything we've just read with the, with the disciples, you know, locked in a room for fear of the Jews, not acknowledging that Jesus has come back like he said he would. Jesus appears through the wall. I mean, that's, for their benefit and ours, the stone was ro- rolled away so they could see him. I wanted to read uh, Revelation 1, 17, 18. So here's this dream-like story that John is writing where it's an encounter with, with Jesus kind of in a lot of apocalyptic language. But right at the first of this, he sees this figure and uh you know the picture that he gets in verse 15 and 16 is his feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace his voice was like the sound of rushing water that's why i said it's like a picture form in verse 17 when i saw him i fell at his feet as though dead then he placed his hand on me and said and they put this in red letters as jesus talking do not be afraid I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I love this phrase, and I hold the keys of death in Hades. And so that's really the picture that he was showing his disciples then and showing John in him writing this revelation because you got to remember revelation the first verse is the revelation of jesus yeah it's his idea and so you get this picture in your mind and i've had some pretty crazy dreams but this dream became a reality because look it's unfathomable for them to realize that a human being can walk through a wall without injuring himself right 
Yeah. I mean, th- this is almost like fantasy it is. I- idea. It, but he's like, I hold the keys. I mean, to me, death, they're just, it's it's a key on my key ring. <laughs> it's not a problem. I can just whoop, open it up. And he can either, his molecules and atoms merged in with that wall and then came out the other side and reformed, or... He had a dimensional doorway. He just walked through it, and all of a sudden, he was on the other side. Now he's on this side. So however he pulled it off, it's what he could do. I wanted to mention something else, Jay. This phrase, a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. It's interesting that he didn't say flesh and blood, and a lot of people have made a lot of that because you remember in 1 Corinthians 15, it says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, meaning the, the way we are doesn't go into the way we will be. And some people have made a point out of that that maybe, maybe you don't. That's something you would need in a resurrected, glorified body was blood because it's linked to this life, and you know you have to have blood here to survive. I mean, it's the literally the lubricant well, of your body. So I don't know. It's a pretty interesting. point. I think they get that idea, uh, you know, from First Corinthians fifteen. It's just so amazing to me how someone can read 1 Corinthians 15 and conclude that there's no bodily resurrection. But there's one verse in there where if you take it out of context. Right. Verse 50. Yeah, verse 50, and it says. Because the whole context is the resurrection body, by the way. So then you get to this verse. We've already gone through it. And, And if you're new to the faith, you know, you just read 42 and 43 where it says, so it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The, bo- the body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness. It's raised in power. It is sown in natural bodies. raised a spiritual body. So people say, well, see, there it is. It's a, it's a spirit nope. body. But it's a body. Right. It's a transformed exactly. body. You get that from 52. Right. But 50 says, I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. But I tell you a mystery, we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash and twinkling of an eye. Uh, it goes on to say in 53, the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. It's a, I'm, it, I'm excited about that. Yeah, <laughs> it's a body. Big time. But it's now able to, uh, it's not manipulated by the laws of gravity and nature and decay. It's been liberated from its bondage decay to read Romans 8. And and locked doors. and Locked doors, not a problem. Such you don't, thing, such just so, think of the task you would have if you're trying to convince people that Jesus was, in fact, the Son of God. He died on a cross for the sins of the world. If that is the thrust of all this, it is just... This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled. Now, you think about the task of coming on the scene, and you're going to fulfill everything that is written about Jesus, he said. In the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Yeah. I've got to fulfill every one of those. (laughs) And that's what we'll talk about next time. Talk about about a task that that was waiting on you. I heard a great illustration, though. uh, One of the scholars I I, I listen to from time to time, that N.T. Wright, we've talked about him before, he told an incredible illustration because he's like, I go all over the world and I preach and I. I get into the weeds yeah. of the Bible and, and all these concepts. And he said, but never in my life was I ever stunned as what happened to him. He was with his family on vacation. He was telling a story. They were uh, on a beach somewhere in Scotland and they were seeing eagles nest. And he said, I'm, I'm holding the hand of my six-year-old grandson and we're going to see the eagles. And he said, all of a sudden, just in a moment, he just looked at me and said, Grandpa, what's the meaning of life? <laughs> and he said, I could not think of anything to say. <laughs> and the reason I'm bringing this up is we're, we're at a point here in the Bible that defines 
the meaning of life. That's right. We have a person who's representing himself as the life giver from above, the origin of life, and he proved it by coming back from the dead. And, uh, you know, just to finish that illustration, you know, he's like, I made a mess of it. He said, but I came back later and explained to him that. But it made me think about uh, Solomon in Ecclesiastes where it's really depressing because he was trying to find the meaning of life. And he had everything that you could have. He tried everything that you could try. And he basically concluded that it's it's a dead end. (laughs) It is a dead end. That's what he said. And so I I think when Jesus did this, and just to give you a pithy quote, because I, I did have to think about that. What, what, what? How would you uh, respond to a six-year-old who said, "What is the meaning of life?" It's really a good question. It's a great. It's question. hard to put that in a bumper sticker. That's exactly right. You know, I came up with some ideas to find the the one who gave you life, mm-hmm. to find the life giver. Uh, so, but what's funny, if you want a funny thing to do, at, you know, as we're closing. Just look that up on the internet and see what the world says about the meaning of life. Comical. I mean, I read them. Comical. I know it. I read an article talking about a time waster. The the title of it, and there's four-letter words in there, disclaimer, but it said, The Meaning of Life, A Ham Sandwich. And he wrote an article. Written by John Godwin. All right, so... That's not true. I just added that. We're out of time. We'll we'll pick it up here next time on Unashamed. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.